University of Missouri-St. Louis College of Education podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is David Stouffer and I get to be the recruitment coordinator for the UMSL College of Education. Each week on this podcast, we will meet an innovator in the field of education. We will spend some time getting to know them and learning about their work and how it can help you and yours. It is my sincere hope that this podcast will be a source of encouragement and support as you work to continue impacting lives as an educator. My guest today is Darian D.C. Cockrell. Darian is the Missouri 2021 Teacher of the Year and the National Education Association's 2021 Horace Mann Friend of Education Award winner. Darian was born and raised in the city of St. Louis, Missouri, and at age 14, he was moved into a boys' home in Creve Corps, where he would stay for a year. After that year in the boys' home, Darian was adopted by his middle school football coach and lived with him for 11 years in Chesterfield. While living in Chesterfield, Darian attended both Parkway Central Middle School and Parkway Central High School. After playing football at Millican University for two years and injuring his shoulder, Darian returned home and earned a Bachelor of Science in Education with Physical Education Certification and a Bachelor of Interdisciplinary Studies from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Darian now teaches physical education at Crestwood Elementary School in St. Louis, Missouri. He has nine years of teaching experience and has been at Crestwood since 2015. Darian received a 2020 National Box Tops for Education Twilight Award from Chance the Rapper. He also created the CrestFit training program, reaching thousands of people over multiple platforms. In his free time, DC enjoys spending time with family and friends, staying active, and supporting his students as they thrive in their activities. Welcome, DC. How are you, sir? I am good, man. It's been a hot, long day with my kids, but I'm good. I'm blessed. I, uh, I have to say, I don't think it's uh, in anywhere near as hot as it's going to be in the next few days. So just I know. be ready. I know. <laughs> and these kids, they do not have that, uh, that heat stamina that we had when we were younger because, I mean, it's been pretty chilly. So even today, it's the first like really warm day. And my students, they couldn't hang me. It was like, Mr. DC, can we please go back inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those of us that grew up uh, without air conditioner 24-7, you know, they, they just can't appreciate that, can they? You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's so, it's so exciting to have you here. I know I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, and I've followed you and all the amazing accolades you've, you've received and very, very well-deserved. So I can't thank you enough for being here with us today. And I'm really excited to hear some of your story and, and what's been going on in your life. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. Anything that you know has to do with Omsu or anything like that is a privilege and an honor to just be a part of it. So just thank you for inviting me to be on here. So I, uh, I spent some time today listening to your acceptance speech when you received the Teacher of the Year Award for the 2021 Teacher of the Year for the state of Missouri. Congratulations again, by the way. Uh, in your acceptance speech, you spoke very specifically about how much, in the same way education and educators impacted your life, 
that education and educators can impact society as a whole and our culture as a whole. Talk more about that, both from what you experienced growing up and how your life was changed and what you think education can and should do uh, to work on the culture and the, and the society as a whole. So uh, I definitely think uh, prior to uh, really having uh, a foundation of education, the true meaning of what education is, especially in the school setting, I was, I would almost say lost uh, because I was raised by parents um, who either did not graduate uh, middle school, let alone, you know, high school or anything like that, because they had no educational foundation or background. I think a lot of us were lost. We kind of didn't know really what to do. There was not much structure. Uh, there was not much knowledge of the world outside of the bubble that we lived in. I think once education became a priority to me and I got teachers and educators in my life who like really motivated me and helped me see the true value of education, then it allowed me to develop a plan and an understanding of what I want to do in my life. And I think now as an adult, um, it's living proof that it's really helped me just, you know, have a passion for something, uh, really put all of my my everything into something that I truly love and just have an understanding of how important it was that, that education led to me being able to be as successful, as successful as I am today. Not even just winning teacher of the year, but just having a job, uh, paying bills, just knowing certain things about life that a lot of people don't understand or truly know unless they have their school and background. And not even just that knowledge of just the stuff that you learn in school, but just social emotional skills, being around people who have different backgrounds than you and then learning from them and developing empathy, you know, just uh, having an understanding of the world around you and the people in it. And I think, unfortunately, in today's society, there are a lot of people who are uneducated, who don't have those values that a lot of people learn in school and just don't have that understanding of different cultures and empathy uh, of why people are going through certain things in life. And just having the tools and resources and the skills to deal with those things going on in life. Sure. Sure. You, you talk a lot about how it was the educators and the people uh, in the schools and at, uh, uh, you know, some of the places you lived in foster care uh, and at uh, Boys Town and things like that, that really changed your life. I, I would have to think that it took a while for you to be receptive to that, that you just oh. didn't automatically say, oh, sure, I'll change everything about me right now. T talk about what what was it that made you start to trust some of these adults that were trying to help you in the beginning? What, what turned things around or what made you really think that these folks were really out for your best interest in trying to help you? I would say, uh, first and foremost, just being there. You know, I was raised in a home where nine times out of 10, there was never an adult there. There was never someone there. So I think uh, having trust that someone's just going to be there was hard for me. And I think when I got the consistency of having a positive uh, role model, whether it be male or female, in my life, guiding me and helping me understand the ins and, ins and outs of just life and them always being there for me, it started to help me kind of break that shell that I developed living in a culture in the, in the, uh, in the city that I lived in. I think when people start showing me love and compassion and understanding how to helping me understand what empathy is, and knowing that, you know, there's going to be times and days where you need to be tough, but there's also going to be a time where you just need to have respect and an understanding for something that is different than you are and or something different than what you understand. I think when I got those teachers, those counselors, you know, those mentors in my life, 
And once I started to realize those things that they were saying were coming true, and I started living and doing those things and seeing uh, the advantages of them, I mean, I really started to buy in and realize, like, you know what, this is the real deal. They're actually really trying to help me and me, you know, trying to push them away. is not going to help me be successful in the long run. Something that kind of relates to that, something really profound I noticed in that same speech, your acceptance speech for teacher of the year. Um, and I remember you repeated yourself because you really wanted to make this point. You said, when I changed the way I looked at things, the things that I looked at changed. Talk about that a little bit, what you meant by that. So you got to understand, coming from an inner city where I'm just around all black people. And then the only white people that uh, I had relationships with were, for the first time in my life, were the teachers in the elementary school that I attended. Uh, there was a huge disconnect. They were extremely just... They did not like us. We did not like them. They just didn't understand the the kids or the families that they served. And I'm not going to say it was completely their fault because I know now that as an educator, we go to trainings, we have all this stuff provided to us so that we can understand the people that we are serving. Uh, Even outside of school, my only other, you know, relationships with white people or people other than myself or who look like me were police officers, which was never a good, you know, interaction with them. Um, let me see, judges and uh, DFS workers. So to me, all the white people in my life were negative figures because they were either taking me away from my family or just being rude and negative and mean to me. So whenever I seen a white person, I always thought of something negative. I never even tried to, you know, take in anything positive they gave to me because I had so many bad experiences. Once I joined that DSEG program and I started going out to these uh, suburban schools, where the teachers were actually, you know, loving, caring, supportive. They were trying to help me uh, bridge that gap between the school and the community and help me change the way that I seen them in education. Once I started to see that change and feel that change, everything started to change for me. I realized like not everyone is the same, you know, not, you know, everything is bad about school and, and work and stuff like that. So once I started to see that change, I feel that change, then everything started to change for me as a whole. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, a gentleman by the name of Ken that worked at the boys' home where you lived. Yeah. And you said, uh, you said a couple of real profound things. You said that he was the first black man, black role model that you've ever had in a positive way. Uh, um, and then you also said that uh, he taught you it's okay to be tough, but at the same time, it's okay to have compassion and empathy for people. You mentioned empathy, empathy earlier. Talk about that transition and and what that's been like for you and in the work you do now and how it relates to how you teach kids. So it was a it was a huge transition for me because when I went into that boys home, Ken was one of the first first people that I met, Uh, this big black guy. And, uh, you know, being from like a gang life and stuff like that, I was always like, okay, I can't back down no matter how big, tough, whatever they have. I don't want to be soft, so I'm not going to back down. So I was always trying to be hard and I had that hard shell. And I think, you know. Ken, he just chastised me. Uh, first, he, you know, he broke me down just to build me up. But he also, I seen a side of him that was sensitive and kind and extremely respectful. And he just taught me like, dude, I come from the same place that you come from. I understand why you feel like you need to be hard and do all these things. But you have to like get rid of that and learn to trust, learn to love, learn to understand people because not everyone is the same. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a reason, unfortunately, why they are or are not the way that they are. And until you can understand those differences and understand those people, 
it's not going to allow you to understand yourself and put yourself out there. And I think now as an educator, I think that's my number one thing that I have that makes me such a good teacher is just having empathy and understanding other people. Because I might have a student in my class who has behaviors from A to Z, just like me growing up. But I would never just jump right in and say, oh, this kid is bad. Go to the office. For me, it's, you know, digging and finding the root of the issue, understanding why this kid, why is this kid having behaviors, get to know this kid and then better help them get to a point where they're not having these behaviors anymore. So just getting to know people, man, and just understanding that no one is perfect. Everyone's going through something that we are all in this together and just trying to help each other move forward to be successful. It's fantastic. You really do epitomize what I think education is today. Um, 20, 30 years ago, you, you, everybody was expected to behave a certain way. And if you didn't behave, there were consequences and shape yep. up or ship out. And that is not the case anymore. And uh, you really do. You really do uh, exemplify what that real educator is, is like nowadays and needs to be like. So, you, uh, I mean, we have to be man, because this is a, a very ever changing world. And if we, if our jobs as educators is to truly uh, prepare our students for the world, for the future, then we have to be teaching them or just understanding them in a way and kind of meet them in the, in the middle because nothing is the same. I mean, nothing is even the same from last year or the year before last. You know, students are changing, right. students are changing, the world is changing. So we got to have an open mind and just be able to just do things differently, even if we don't even want to. But we got to have an understanding that nothing is the same and no one is perfect. And uh, these kids are looking for you as a guidance to get through whatever they're going through. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned UMSL earlier. Uh, I would be remiss in my duties as a recruitment coordinator at UMSL not, uh, not to ask you to share a little bit about your experience going through our undergrad program at UMSL and how that helped you prepare in your career that you're in today. I will tell you this, and you might not believe me, but I promise you the professors that I had at UMSL, if it was not for their patience, their flexibility and just support for me, I would not have graduated. You need to understand that I left Millican University after two years, I was playing college football, I tore my shoulder up and I turned, I didn't even know where I was gonna go. And then my parents helped me, ended up finding the education program at UMSL. Got into the program, I think just not playing football anymore, not having that structure and being home and getting a little too comfortable. Um, school was not at the top of my priority list. I was, you know, partying, I was, back home I was being lazy and I was spelling classes but those professors you know specifically Doc Lowry uh Carol Webb Sherry Parker they I mean dude there are classes that I fail and I should have paid to retake and they let me retake them just retake the test they helped me they helped me you know find um uh study sessions they helped me you know they, they motivated me and even though it took me almost close to eight years to get out of UMSU, like I made it through, man. I'm so happy. But I mean, UMSU was just such a great university, man. I mean, like I said, flexible. Uh, there are so many resources and some kids might say, oh, there's not enough resources, there's not enough help, but there is so much help. There are so many resources. And I think there are so many different avenues on what you want to do and what you want to be in life. You don't have to just do one thing. And even if you're going into education, it doesn't even have to be just a teacher or an administrator. There's so many different lanes, but just the education program, I truly believe is top notch. And I've met so many physical educators who've come through the program and educators 
who have nothing but good things to say about it. So I'm zoomed. The only thing I'm mad about is I never got to use the rec room, the new rec room. Schools <laughs> I left, you guys built that thing. Y'all were so mad about that. Well, I, I would think with your work as a, uh, you know, a trainer and a coach and your CrossFit experience, you probably could show up and teach them a thing or two, I would imagine. You know what, man? We might have to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you. Uh, one last question, and then I know, you're, I know you're busy, and I'll let you go. You've had uh, an incredible ride since you received uh, your Teacher of the Year award back in 2021. Um, you've been on national TV. You've been on multiple podcasts. You've been on every video and audio and written form of media. I mean, you were, you were, and still are, and a little bit a celebrity um, in the world of education uh, around the country. So. What has life been like for you since then? And is Darian Cockerell any different now in 2022 after everything he's been through the last couple of years? Uh, my life has completely changed. You know, it's it's like a double-edged sword because you. I became an educator because I love to serve people. I love being here. I love sharing my energy. I love sharing just my happiness my laughter and joy for life but it's funny because i win these awards and then it's taking me away from the school even more so my students they give me crap a lot of times like mr bc you want to teach you here but now you're never here so it's one of those things where i have the opportunity to go out and advocate more for my students for educators across our country but unfortunately it does take me away from uh, my students a little bit more with that said uh, i travel so much more I'm speaking literally all over the country. Um, as you said, I've been on so many different platforms and it's provided me with opportunities. I, I can't really go into detail right now, but let's just say that I have a huge opportunity and it's going to allow the entire world to see my story. Let's just say that. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm, ex I'm, ex I'm extremely grateful and excited for it, but I think once that happens, it's going to open up so many other doors and it's going to provide me an opportunity to share the light on how amazing teachers are, how special we are to our communities and our mm -hmm. students, and how much more value we probably should get, and how much more pay we should get as well, especially in the mm -hmm. state of Missouri, because we're one of the worst pay paid states uh, in this country. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm still the same person, but I'm loving the fact that I get to use this platform to just elevate teacher voice and just be the voice for my students too, because there's a lot of kids, you know, who still need those opportunities and resources that I didn't have as a kid growing up. And I'll work my butt off to make sure that they get those. That's fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about that. I know you probably can't tell us anything right now, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out what that's going to be. Yes. Well, DC, it's been a pleasure uh, um, meeting you virtually for the first time. I hope we get a chance to meet face to face. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for doing all the hard work and, and being in the trenches and making a difference in kids' lives and for all the all the work you do. And thank you for being an example of what a life can be like that gets turned around and how much you're impacting the lives of others now. So thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I am honored that you chose to join me today for the University of Missouri St. Louis College of Education podcast. I hope you'll join me next time. Till then, I'm David Stouffer. Thank you for the work you do. Never forget, you are making a difference every day. Music